We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. They're the ones you should be arresting, not me. Why didn't you say that before? What we got here? Cam, this is William Klein. He was wrecking an office. But I, I just wanted to meet them face to face. I, I wanted them to admit what they were doing. Who is they? He was in the office of the Trilateral Commission. Trilateral Commission? Yeah, the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> All right, what is the Trilateral Commission? <laughs> It's an organization founded in 1973 by David Rockefeller to bring together business and political leaders from the United States, Europe, Japan, so they could work together for uh, better economic and political cooperation between their nations. And with that, that's what they'd like us to believe. But you see, what they're really up to is a scheme to plant their own loyal members in positions of power in this country, to work to erase national boundaries and create an international community, and in time, bring about a one-world government with David Rockefeller calling the shots. I take it they're pressing charges? Yeah, well, uh, uh, he broke a globe and, uh, and some UNICEF artwork. Well, they're, they're in on it, too. <laughs> okay, Mr. Klein, if you just... I'm telling you, our whole way of life as we know it is in jeopardy. I appreciate that information. But I, I, have, I have the documented evidence. It's all in there. Show him. Well, he's got, uh, got these magazines here. Conspiracy Review. Suppressed Truth Roundup. The whole master plan is exposed. Yeah, well, um... You're still not convinced, huh? <laughs> would, would you like to hear the names of just a few of the people who have been on the Trilateral Commission? Uh, not particularly. James no. Earl Carter. Heard of him? Look, Mr. Klein... Henry Kissinger. You heard of him? Walter Mondale. Who? <laughs> Mr. Klein, this is... John all... Anderson. George Bush. Now, you remember at the, at the convention, everybody thought it was going to be Ford for Veep. You know what happened? David Rockefeller just picked up a phone, put in a call. Hey, Ronnie, forget Jerry, it's George. Bye. <laughs> so, no matter who won in November, they had their man in the White House. Are you through? Well, stuff. that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to another edition of Union of the Unknowns, where we are going to be going over uh, the Trilateral Commission today. And I just want to preface this with that. Um, we are all learners and just interested in organizations like this. So we do not have any inside knowledge or any inside information or anything like that. It's just stuff that we've learned online and through books and just um, through interest. So it's pretty interesting that they had videos like that back in the day that uh, had, uh, or television shows where they had stuff like that. And I kind of think it was to make uh, conspiracy theorists look kind of 
crazy. And we'll have different links and stuff like that in the podcast that people can do their own research. But we do encourage you that if stuff like this interests you, well, one, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast and two, uh, for you to do your own research. But, um, I just want to preface and just say that the trilateral commission is an elite group of some 300 very prominent business, political, and intellectual decision makers of Western Europe, North America, and Japan. Uh, this enterprise is a private agency that works to build up political and economic corporation cooperation among the three regions. It's grand design, which no longer hides in is a new world order. So we'll go into a little bit more, but I just would love to be able to introduce everyone. Uh, we have our most handsome, Terry from the Canary Islands. <laughs> oh, <definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have apparently everybody's uh, sweetheart. Isn't that you, Kielthor? <laughs> that's, you're thinking of Ismkant. Oh, that's Ismkant. Well, you're our renaissance man. There we go. I'll take that. That's what I like to and then we have um, Stella from Australia. Hey, Stella. Hello there. <laughs> and then <laughs> our most amazing and our sound guy uh, with all the great sound bites, uh, Perm. Hey, everyone. Hey, Jackie. What was that clip from for those of us that aren't yeah. familiar with the, uh, the voices and whatnot? Uh, tell us, Perm. I can tell you if you like. Go, Go for it. It's from Barney Miller, which was an episode from 1981. Some people might remember Barney Miller. It was around Welcome Back Cotter sort of era. Yes. That's uh, what I, in my mind, I kept thinking Welcome Back Carter, but I was like, that's not it. So I'm not going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it sort of followed, it was, it was following Welcome Back Cotter from memory. Well, it was here in Australia anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was a great show. It's just a sort of black humor i guess satire about um, a cop shop and, uh, i think it might have been downtown new york i'm not 100 percent sure about that but uh yeah great great comedy yeah I, I i remember that show but i never uh i never watched it but uh I probably really a bit of predictive probably, programming there probably pretty good <laughs> yeah. how did you find that firm were you just looking on youtube and then ended up finding the clip i didn't find that stella posted it i just Looked it up after she posted it and watched it. Right. It was just I in my research. A ton of Welcome Back Cotter growing up, though. I'd never seen Barty Miller. So, uh, Terry, I mean, you're um, the oldest of us all, the savant <laughs> of the group, wow. and uh, <laughs> not autistic savant, our genius savant, mathematician. <laughs> uh, do you remember watching that? Do you remember that show? I remember Welcome I remember Back Cotter. So. I remember it being on. But like Keel, I didn't really watch it very much. So um, uh, no, but, but we did get it in the UK. Oh, that's so, uh, exciting! When did, um, so when did uh, so that was 1981? Uh, I'm just looking. That wasn't long after the Trilateral Commission was founded, because I'm just looking here. That was founded in 1973. So um, everyone says that it was founded in '73, but if you look in the uh, "Behold a Pale Horse." Uh, mm. Bill Cooper actually disputes that and says it was actually founded in 72. I didn't get Yeah, it was one. conceived in 72 and it was founded sort of officially in 73. It was proposed. I always look on these um, secret, well, not so yep. secret societies perhaps. It's, they're all kind of intertwined, aren't they really? So I don't mm -hmm. really make much distinction between, say, the Trilateral Commission and the 
Council for Foreign Relations and the and the British one. What's that called? Chatham House. Um, Chatham House. You know, they're, they're all te tentacles of the same octopus, really. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I think they kind of spin a new one off. Perhaps when the old one gets a bit of a bad reputation, and WEF is getting all the heat at the moment, so no doubt there'll be another one coming soon that will, you know, they'll say it's all lovely and and nice. Now, is the Trilateral Commission the one that Hillary Clinton called the mothership, or where she was getting her orders from? Remember that speech she gave, or was that, that was the Bilderberg Council Group? Forward? That was the what? Bilderberg's group. Was that that? What, She's always at the Bulldog meetings every year. No, she she was in giving a speech. It was in Washington somewhere, and they had just recently moved their headquarters. And then she was saying, "It's nice to have you closer, so I don't have to go all the way out to to wherever it was to get my marching yeah. orders." Something like that. It was a while. Is that fairly I, recent? I, I don't think it was the I, I think it was either the trilaterals or the CFR, and I can't remember yeah. which one. Yeah, I don't. I don't That's wild that she that she just came out and said that. <laughs> That's where she gets her marching orders. Yeah, well, it I, definitely is not the people, then, huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and uh, it, that was when, mentioned it. That was when she was Secretary of State, I believe. Mm. Right. Probably under Obama. Mm -hmm. so but um where i got a lot of my information as well was obviously research online that actual trilateral.org is their website so people can learn information about it um and then uh there's a book that perm had mentioned called behold the pale horse by william e cooper and he was part of the secret service and uh went through and wrote this book many years ago and uh, was um, sacrificed for doing so. Um, one of the, uh, and they've rewritten the book since then. So hopefully if you can find an original copy, uh, definitely get it. But they did say that the Trilateral Commission was the idea of its founder, American banking magnet, David Rockefeller. The real reason for its formation was the decline of the Council of Foreign, on Foreign Relations power as a result of the people's dissatisfaction with the Vietnam War. The reasoning behind the move towards the Trilateral Commission was the same as entering two horses in the same race, right, which is what you guys were just talking about. It's like it all kind of intertwines together. It doubles the chances of winning. The real power has always remained solidly in the hands of the Council of Foreign Relations. The Rockefeller family was, is, and always will be the benefactor of both organizations. Rockefeller through power, Rockefeller through powerful though powerful, is not in control in this country or anywhere else. The key to the real power is the fact that Rockefeller had put out feelers at a Bilderberg group meeting in 1972 about forming a private group of trilateral leaders. The Bilderberg group gave the nod and Rockefeller's man, Zib, Zibniu uh, Brzezinski, gathered Zibniu. up a membership. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Zbigniew Brzezinski. There you go. Thank you. See, the savant gave it to us again. Gathered up a membership and organized the Trilateral Commission in 1972, not until 1973, as the commission claims. So, um, yep. So that was pretty interesting. So if people want to get some information on that, but that's like some of the background of it. Brzezinski so. was a real arch globalist, wasn't he? And he was a real um, uh, promoter of the technocracy. 
So he wrote a book way back when, uh, I can't remember what it's called, uh, basically about technocracy and how good it was and how we should be all be moving that way. So he was kind of like the, the guy who revitalised the whole technocracy movement after it had fallen into disrepute. Um, right. what's, what's the name of the guy who, who talks about technocracy a lot? Um, is it uh, David Ray Griffin or someone like that? He's, he's very good on it. So Can you define technocracy? It's kind of like a uh, rule by um, scientists and engineers. So they, they don't mm. like politicians and they want to sort of... Um, sort of make decisions based on you know proper science but of course we know there isn't any such thing really and that science is never decided so that you can't make proper decisions based on those rules i think stella's got something to say here i just had a little point before we get too far down the line um it's my understanding that the trilateral commission the reason it was really created was to be a slightly more the uh, cfr the council of foreign relations was starting to get called out, basically. Um, so long story short, they created the Trilateral Commission to be a more like a front, a more transparent group, but it was all exactly the same old psycho turds. Yeah, I'm just looking at the CFR um, wiki page here and, and Rockefeller, David Rockefeller was chairman of the CFR at the time yep. that the Trilateral Commission was spun off. So he was probably responsible for that. I would think he probably thought CFR is getting a lot of heat. I'll make another yeah, organization. Right. Yeah, Rockefeller became the chairman of the CFR in the 40s, I believe it was. And he was the head of Chase Manhattan Bank. Obviously, he's from the famous Rockefellers. And uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski's book was called Between Two Ages America's Role in the Technocratic Era. That's right. He was actually counseled to Lyndon B. Johnson, and then it sounds like he was the, the uh, worm in the ear of Jimmy Carter to start the trilateral yeah, he was, commission. He was very big in the Carter administration. Uh, I, I'm old enough to remember him. He, he was getting a lot of you know, press at the time, uh, even over in the UK. So... Uh, Really nasty guy. He was a uh, main guy responsible for uh, pushing the war in Afghanistan as well against the Soviets. He was a big guy behind that. That's crazy. That's crazy. They say um, he also states, which I learned about recently, and I was at a cigar lounge yesterday. I was speaking with this gentleman who was probably in a 70s Jewish guy. Um, who expounded upon it and uh, some information about the share, but um, they do say only members of the order are initiated into the order of the quest, the Jason society that makes up executive members of the council and foreign relations. And in fact, the trilateral commission as well, the executive members of the council foreign relations are the real elect, right? And this country, George Bush is a member of the order surprised you shouldn't be. His father was also a member who helped finance Hitler. So George Bush Sr., his dad helped finance Hitler. And so the gentleman I was speaking that to would be Prescott was like, Prescott Bush. Yes, yes. I was like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. I never knew that. And he was like, yeah. And he basically was funding some German banks and knew that it was basically funding Hitler at the same time. 
So Isn't you're saying, crazy? so it's not George H.W. Bush you're talking about. It's his dad, right? Prescott Bush. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I was like, wow. Crazy. And it seems to be the main uh, goal of the trilateral commission, trilateral commission is less democracy. It seems they think that with too much democracy, things go bad. But I would venture to guess they mean with too much democracy, they have less control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, destroying national sovereignty is definitely one of their targets. Yeah, but when they're you, saying it's bad, it's like bad for who? You'd think, though, if there was more democracy and more bureaucracy <clears throat> that comes along with it, that you would, if you wanted to be a shadow controller here, that you would be able to better manipulate a society if it were entrenched in all that kind of uh, political layers of stuff that the people would ha would be unable to they would have no idea they would think that they're participating when they clearly aren't but you know what i'm saying like why if if their actual goal was less democracy that doesn't make sense to me that that would be the actual goal that they're they're seeking right what do you think or is their I, ultimate like, goal <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm saying that the goal, the one world government is, I'm sure that's, yeah, that's it. But I'm saying if, why would they want less democracy when they can well, control societies better if there is more democracy in place? By less democracy, I mean more like how we have the electoral college instead of a popular vote. They want their people making the actual decisions while giving us the idea that we're making a difference by casting a vote. This is kind mm. of what we got now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, this is from 40 years ago or 50 years ago. So, yeah. so most, of, most of the people that are in positions of power that have any kind of influence in every country are members of the trilateral commission actually they're not at the time because they can't be a member of the trilateral commission and be in office so they've got to sort of basically stop being members be there be the president or whoever and then when they're ex-president they can become members of the trilateral commission again them's the rules but you know that doesn't mean they're not being dictated to by them <laughs> i mean who, exactly. i mean what's membership like I'm just looking here. When it's, like about, it's in the hundreds, I think. No, I, what I mean I is like, say you're a member and then you run for office. Are they just saying, okay, you're not a member right now for the next four or eight years and then your membership they're is... They're not, yeah, they're placed in office. <laughs> well, it's a bit sure. like that clip, the Barney, Barney Miller clip. I mean, that was frighteningly accurate, wasn't it? Where it was, the dude, yeah. the conspiracy theorist says, yeah. oh yeah, no, it's, uh, it's no longer... Yeah, it's, it's George now. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, there's there's 400 members roughly, but who knows how accurate that is. It seems got, to be uh, just a smaller, more. Uh, it's very tight. Tight knit CFR. Yep. Mm. Yeah, they, it does say in here they're kind of together. The CFR is actually a smaller group than the Trilateral Commission, I understand. Really? 
So they do say that a key to the danger presented by the Trilateral Commission is its seminal piece written for them by Harvard professor Samuel P. Huntington in the mid-70s recommended that democracy and economic development be discarded as outdated ideas. He wrote as co-author of the book, Crisis and Democracy, we've come to recognize that there are political, there, no, I'm sorry, we've come to recognize there are potential desirable limits to economic growth. There are potentially desirable limits to the indefinite extension of political democracy. A government which lacks authority will have little ability short of catalytic crisis to impose on its people uh, the sacrifices which may be necessary. The crisis and sacrifice, so, and it talks about the later chapter, but that's crazy. Samuel. Impose- Samuel P. Huntington is also, uh, well, he was appointed to the National Security Council by uh, Jimmy Carter. And uh, he's, a respo- he's the guy responsible for the birthing of uh, FEMA, Federal Emergency yes. Management Agency. Talks about that in here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who are basically them and they can, in, under their emergency orders, they can, they can come in. They, president's nothing to them. They can completely overpower all the government, everything, and they're answerable only to the um, National Security Council, which is basically the Trilats and the CFR members. I wonder if he's related to Samuel Huntington, the actual first president of the United States. I thought that guy's last sure. name was Nelson or something like that. Well, Samuel Huntington was the original one of the founding fathers and the original president of the United States before the actual constitution. So we had like half a dozen or so presidents before the constitution under like the articles of confederation. Mm-hmm. So the chances were pretty good. Back they the tend middle. to always be related. Yep. They keep it in the uh, family. I'll- that's for sure. I'd like to point out another founding member of the Trilateral Commission, which you might not have known about, but it's very important to me from a European perspective. That's Peter Sutherland, who was the honorary European chairman. And he was a really evil guy who got very involved in the EU and the UN. He was the UN Special Representative for International Migration from 2006 to 2017. You can imagine what he was promoting. He's promoting all these great floods of, uh, you know, uh, refugees going into Europe and and changing the yeah. population, doing population sovereignty. Yeah. So uh, he was a really nasty guy. <laughs> I don't think any no, of them are particularly nice. So, so I apparently, President Eisenhower had appointed six of the executive committee members of the CFR to sit on the panel called uh, Majesty 12, also known as Majority 12 for security reasons. It's a secret group that's supposed to control extraterrestrial information and projects. The Majestic 12, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it goes into our UFO uh, episode from last time. So um, supposedly there's been some documents found there's this group that was put together, like you say, 12 people to sort of handle all the UFO secrecy stuff. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy. And it, it says the total membership of the Majesty, Majesty 12 was 19, including Dr. Edward Teller and six 
members of the Jason Scientific Group. Again, whether this is true or disinformation depends solely upon the existence of aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's a whole other topic, but yeah, it's crazy. They were from uh, they were formed in 1947, basically made up of scientists, military leaders, uh, yeah. government officials. Yeah, yeah, no one really knows for sure. There's been some documents that supposedly been leaks from this group. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously, officially, they say, oh, these are all frauds, but nobody nobody really knows. Some of them look quite genuine. Some of them look not quite so genuine to me. But um, it would make sense that they would, you know, if this didn't happen, they would put together a group to investigate this with scientists and some politicians. So is the Trilateral Commission, because I I really don't know anything about them that much. I mean, I have heard about them and know they're basic what they do and stuff like that. But is this kind of one of those things that we we see them as this big, uh, you know, organization with a huge amount of political power that is is unaccountable to the the people over which it makes decisions and we don't really kind of know exactly how or what the results of those you know puppet master decisions are or do we have kind of real uh real world examples of the results of things that they've done do we do we know can we say can we refer to a war or an, an emergency or something that happened that we can kind of trace back to somebody in that group that had a had a was you know we can say oh they were at this they was at this place at the time where the decision was made and that guy was actually you know a, a direct member of the thing and yeah I, like I would that. say not because the the you know they they call themselves a think tank so they reckon that that all they're doing is coming up with ideas. But right. we know that when powerful people get together, that you know they're not just going to come up with ideas; they're going to come up with implementations of their ideas. For sure. And um, but I would imagine they're running under Chatham House rules, and and a lot of people say that Chatham House. I'll come to you in a minute, still. Now a lot of people say that Chatham House are the sort of the the source of everything, and that's the UK organisation that was sort of predates a lot of these things. And Chatham House rules is basically. You can talk about what happened at the meeting, but you can't say who said it. Uh, so, um, these I heard that mentioned on a podcast about this earlier that they'll always say a member of the tri trilateral commission said this, but they'll exactly. never actually say who the member is. So they feel more free to be yeah. open about their idea. Yeah. And, you know, all, most of these societies work under those rules. So, Every now and then, something will come out from them, but you can't attribute it to anyone in particular. So, um, never really know what's going on. Hmm. Stella, you still Although they seem play. fairly open with their intentions. Hmm. Well, yeah, just to address those last couple of things, I mean, they're open with their intentions now because they, it's so infiltrated. There's no way they cannot go forward. There's not enough people that aren't involved in these places of positions positions of power uh, it's just it's all wrapped up now the web, we are in the web of their <laughs> destruction mm. uh, i've just got a list here of the think tanks um if you're interested of some of the members of the uh, trilateral commission that are involved in these think tanks so you've got the aspen institute 
Brookings Institute, Center for Defense Info, Information, uh, Columbia in- University, Ford Foundation, surprise, uh, Georgetown University, Harvard, uh, Hoover Institution, Hudson Institution, the MIT, of course, always there, the Rand Corporation, Rockefeller Foundation, World Watch Institution, to name but a few. Now, are these are these like think uh, tanks? Ju- think tank tanks, groups. but how are they uh, associated with the Trilateral Commission? There are members from the Trilateral Commission in all these think tank groups. Okay. Um, I've also got other. I mean, I won't read them all out, but I've got other lists of you know the media sure. companies that are linked in different groups. Yeah. So the, yeah, it's just all infiltration. So. There's no way that they can't move all these policies forward because the people that are making the decisions to accept the policies are part of the group all over the world now in governments and everywhere. I guess that it sounds like that guy on Varney Miller was onto something then. Yeah, just like the Simpsons are too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when you go back to the CFR, um, a huge number of those people have been involved in, you know, high-level positions in the U.S. government. So it's very difficult to say they haven't got much influence over, you know, global policy. Yeah, well, the Trilateral Commission, which is what was it, North America, Japan, and Europe. Yeah. I mean, they're all they're all sort of covering different things. Like Japan, very much head of the yeah. technic technology part. I mean, they've been kind of kind of quiet, haven't they? Japan's been a little bit off the radar for the last, I don't know, well, to me they have. Um, not so much in the forefront. It's like, oh, what Japan's up to these days, you know, quiet achievers. But uh, I think, um, yeah, there's been some pretty some pretty big deals going down there since they got bombed. <laughs> hmm. There's a oh, Wikipedia page. Um, there's a Wikipedia page where it um, actually lists the members of the Trilateral Commission that I'm looking down here. And uh, um, I have to be honest, most people I don't recognise, but um, there is um, a UK guy that caught my eye, which is Sakir Starmer, who's the leader of the opposition at the moment, leader of the Labour Party. And uh, most people think they're sort of pushing to get him into um, the Prime Minister's position next time round. So that will be a a trilateral uh, leader for a major European country. So, so yeah, they seem to have a fingers and lots of pies. How do how do That's how crazy. how would, would somebody like <laughs> it's one like of, one of us also, become a member? How would we get on the trilateral commission? We wouldn't. Do you get to be a member? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's what's the requirement? How do, how come these guys are members? Is it is it purely who you know? I guess it's a big club, and you ain't in yeah. it. <laughs> well, obviously, of course, I, of course, I'm not in the trilateral commission, guys. Here are some yeah. of the notable members, though. We got uh, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, mm-hmm. Michael Bloomberg, yeah, uh, a bunch of Brzezinski's, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, <laughs> a whole mess Michael of Chertoff, the Secretary of Homeland Security. I mean, people from all walks of government and control, really. And corporations. I mean, yeah. it's fascism. Henry <laughs> Kissinger. Word for it. Yeah, Kissinger, of course, yeah. He's got to be 100 years old now. Yeah, He'll be 100 at the end of May. I think it's the 27th or 28th or something. Yeah, poke, poke, hurry up. 
I'd I'd like to point Um, out that the media wasn't always completely blind to everything. There's an article in the Washington Post in 1992, April 25th, 1992, Beware the Trilateral Commission. I'd like to read a few lines from it. Behind closed doors, of course, they're meeting this weekend in Lisbon. Some call them the shadow government, the establishment, the global elite that runs the world. They call themselves simply the Trilateral Commission. Chills run up the spine. Depending on which conspiracy theory you subscribe to in the Trilateral Commission has found its way into many, this 19-year-old organization is anti-American, anti-democratic, anti-Christian or anti-worker and is scheming ultimately to abolish the sovereignty of nations and establish a one-world government. According to Lyndon LaRouche, fringe political candidate and convicted tax cheat, the Trilateral Commission is behind the international drug trade. A writer affiliated with the far-right liberty lobby says the commission is forever plotting to raise taxes on Americans Siphoning the money overseas, evangelist Pat Robertson believes it is somehow linked to Freemasonry and the occult, that it springs from the depth of something that is evil. Now, I recognize that they throw in some of these nutballs to uh, poke fun at at the conspiracy theorists, but they also provide us with Inform like correct information about these groups. Some back then, anyway. Now they just flat out lie about everything, or ignore it. And I think ignoring it is way more common now. Um, what do you guys think the advantage of like what would be their advantage of having like a one world order? Like, what does that mean? And like, what is their advantage for that? What do you guys think? Perhaps Stella has an answer. Well, it's total control, but um, I was just going to further a bit of that what um, Pam was talking about there mm-hmm. um, about sort of you know people blowing the lid off them a little bit as well. A guy called Barry Goldwater, who was a U.S. senator, he tried to um, I'm not sure when this was, I think it was in the '80s. He tried to sort of warn what was happening, um, bring to the attention that what was emerging this global financial system of total control. Um, and uh, that's that sort of sparked uh, both the American Legion and the veterans of foreign affairs, uh, foreign wars. Sorry, uh, they called on Congress to investigate the CFR, that's of foreign relations, and the Trilateral Commission. Uh, the congressman who listened and introduced a resolution into the U.S. House to start an investigation rolling. Uh, his name was Congressman Larry McDonald. Uh, However, on the September the 1st, 1983, Korean Airlines Flight 007 was shot down by the Russians. <laughs> um, all occupants were killed, including uh, this Congressman Larry McDonald, who was about to uh, launch into an investigation. So they had to quiet him. Yeah, and all the other passengers that happened to be on board that plane as well. No survivors. What an Goldwater wasn't just some U.S. senator. He actually was the Republican nominee for president against Lyndon Johnson in 64. Yeah, Congressman. Mm. Barry Goldwater was the U.S. senator that originally started raising the alarm. Wait, was it Barry Goldwater you're talking about that died in the plane crash? No. Okay. 
What was yeah, the name of the just... what was the name of the guy that died in the plane crash? The senator. Congressman Larry McDonald. Larry Larry. And the plane crash was September first, nineteen eighty three. Korean Airlines flight 007. <laughs> really? 007. Yeah. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're all living in the Matrix anyway, I guess you can. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's it's ultimate control, right? So then yeah. um well who is gonna be the head boss? Who like I guess is it the Rockefeller family? I mean, like who's the head boss? Which I don't even think they're even the head of everything. It's gonna be someone that we've never even heard of that uh, stays exactly. super secret behind the scenes. At that point, when they are able to consolidate power, they will announce who the, the leaders are. And the leaders are the actual Illuminati that everybody's been speculating about. Maybe yeah, so. you think they'll come yeah. out and say we are the Illuminati. Like they'll admit it and come out and all that stuff. Like, that's like it. in the words the, of uh, Sam Tripoli, if you know their name, they're not in charge. It's the black nobility yeah, that think. runs everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even yeah, think the Rockefellers are at the top of the tree. There's somebody Still. above them. Yeah, but they're too get- known. Yeah, exactly. Probably get to the black nobility at some point. That would be a good one. Uh, uh, the agenda I, here. If I you want to hear the uh, agenda, sorry. If you want to hear the agenda written out, just let me read this out so it's nice and clear what it's all about. Agenda: seize control of the governments and consolidate the four centres of power: political, monetary, intellectual, and ecclesiastical, under the guise of peace and a more productive global community. The real goal is total control above governments and all nations. Now, what are you reading that from? Where's that come from? My notes. Oh, your <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't write exactly where oh, well, I, I think that my, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was from a place called Amy's Research. It was on a Rumble channel. I think I actually perm might yeah. have posted that up, but after I'd already done it. I got yeah. for it. It's interesting because as you go through this, I really, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s, um, I was in my early 20s at the time and I I was working for an investment publishing company. We published like investment newsletters on stocks, mutual funds and all that. And I was in like sales and customer service, whatever, to sell these newsletters, right? So I get this customer on the phone and he starts talking to me about Behold a Pale Horse. And he's like, if I send it to you, will you read it? Now, that was 20-something years ago. I still have never read the whole book, but I go through it for research and, like, go through the chapters and do all that stuff. And I don't even think I have the original, original copy that that guy sent me. But he literally sent me a copy because I guess I just seemed so intrigued into it. And it was just, like, as stuff has always just fascinated me. And um, so as I was going through it or do some research on the Trilateral uh, Commission, um, it just intertwined with so many different organizations. And so they, I think they do that. So that way it's so hard to figure out who is doing what and to like pin anything down. But from the one consistent thing is it goes back to like the Jason Society. And then the Jason Society um, as an organization, a company, which is a nonprofit, uh, which is called Mitre's. M-I-T-R-E, it's called Mitre, and 
Um, their goal is, let's see here. Let me go back to their about. Um, they just, yeah, their mission is solving problems for a safer world requires a strong vision and a strategy and the courage to act boldly. At Maitre, we keep an eye on the future in order to stay ahead of the unprecedented pace of change, which, I mean, that's such high-level bullshit, right? And they organize their work and our people to create impact, applying emerging technology and a mission-first mindset to meet their sponsors' needs. So the people that are funding into them, they're going to push forward whatever it is, which is part of the Jason Society. Our ability to pivot quickly is enabled by our foundational core, the federally funded R&D centers, research and development. They operate our Mitre Labs, innovation centers, partnerships and with industry and academia and their tech foundation, Mitre Ingenuity. And their website is mitre.org. Stella, go Thanks. for it. Oh, I've got a, okay. Oh, That's interesting. I've got a, oh, sorry, Terry. I've got a question just quickly. When you say Mitre, is that definitely like Mitre, like a French with the thing above the E or is it an anagram? M-I-T-R-E. No, it's all capital letters. M-I, M as in Michelle, I-T as in Tom, R-E. It's just it's all really interesting. Miter okay, song. so it might be an anagram perhaps. But uh, I just want to point out that the Pope's hat is called a mitre. M-I-T-R-E. Yeah. What a surprise. Um, I, oh, it's I, all I intertwined for sure. Well, let's I wanted on to the ask what, what's the Jason Society? I've not heard that. So I did pull them up. Thank you for asking that. Let me see if I have there. Not a whole lot of... The Golden Fleece takes on the role of truth to Jason members. Jason represents the search for truth. All right. I think I found them now again. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. And I have that link in our notes, which we can, which we can share as well. So, well, and this one, we'll probably have more links a little bit, like maybe the definition of the trilateral, and then we'll just have the links that we've been sharing. So this way people can do their own research. I don't think there's ever anything that any of us will ever be able to do to make any changes. Who knows in regards to this, but, but I think we have an open mind and an understanding. So when certain um, alleged um, uh, forces come upon us, it gives you a more open mind to say and to second guess stuff and to question it and have independent thought. That's one of the biggest things that they don't want. I believe, uh, I don't know if this for the case because I don't know them directly, but for is, is to not have people have independent thought for you to be sheep led to slaughter, uh, which I believe is what happened recently. And so many people fell for it. Um, and then, and it's just really to have that open mind and say, okay, is this really the best decision for myself and my family? Or what do we need to do to protect our generations that are going to be coming uh, after us. Yeah. And did we also, did we already go over uh, behold the uh, pale horse and what that was exactly? Or did, cause you've been quoting from it or referencing it. Um, yeah. I, I did mention who uh, William E. Cooper was and where he came from. So yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Mind yeah. Uh, one thing. 
Oh, sorry. And how he he called his own assassination. But hey, that's another story. If anyone is looking for a copy of Behold the Pale Horse, to know the difference between the edited version and the non-edited version is that they removed chapter 15. The original title of chapter 15 is Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And they completely took that chapter out. So you'll see the story of Jonathan May as chapter 15 on the edited version. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually came across an audio book of Bill Cooper reading um, Beyond a Power Horse, uh, and it includes chapter 15. And I've also got separately the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, uh, which can uh, show notes as well. I think we can summarize by saying Bill Cooper was one of kind of like the OG of conspiracy theories, wasn't he? He was one of the very <laughs> early ones to get on mm-hmm. onto this idea. If you want to go well, down a Bill Cooper rabbit hole too, all of his old episodes of the hour of the time are available on podcast uh, apps. Like I listen on Podcast Addict, and there are thousands of episodes of the open radio show that he did. And I just randomly also, yeah. pick a topic that I'm interested in, and I'll listen to his show. And it's really funny. They're, they'll do commercials, and they're super American and advertise like. I don't know. Oh, the old ones. Just, you just feel really American when you're listening to this show. It's crazy. <laughs> He's also got the Mystery Babylon series, which is also available on podcast. I would say that um, he was definitely a true alpha kind of guy, like a no holds barred alpha kind of person. So if anyone is like sensitive or feels like they're going to get triggered easily, I would not recommend listening to him because he was a straight shooter and did not care about your feelings. He was just like, this is what it is. And he definitely had a lot of high boundaries in place for when he would get callers and stuff in and he would definitely shoot them straight. Hmm. So, yeah. But he, one of the differences, wasn't he? He was from from a different era. A hundred percent. And he also was involved again. He worked in the federal government. So was privy to a lot of this information uh, that he shouldn't have been sharing, but he had a conscience that said, I have to let people know. Assuming he Uh, wasn't CEO. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to fling something out there for everyone. Um, You know, if we're talking about secret societies, We've got to talk about the Masons, haven't we? And maybe even the Illuminati. Doesn't it all go back to them at the end of the day? What do we think? I think we're going to be doing separate episodes, aren't we? Sort of doing a few that different... and the Bilderbergs is a big one. To oh, tie yeah. Yeah. As well. yeah, I mean, they're, they're not far from the top. Mm-hmm. The Trilateral Commission are probably about level four, five, maybe. Can I just ask everyone, do we all think this is a like an ancient plan coming from like, you know, the like as Sam Tripoli would say, the 13 families, you know, this long running plan to control the world, which is maybe just coming to fruition now, or is it just, you know, every generation has their own ideas about what they're going to do? I'd say 100%. It's a very, very long-term plan based over centuries. Over to you. The 13 families are definitely a real thing, whether they're tied in an actual group where the they have a membership ledger or not they're real families that were really powerful i know i've mentioned this before but i have relation to two of the 13 families not that i've ever met any of them 
but the Reynolds and the Astors are somewhere far down my family tree that I is so far that I can't figure out how I'm tied to them. But I thought it was, my grandma had this book, and it had Nancy Astor and Mark Twain in it, and hmm. somehow we're related to them. But since she's passed, I can't find the book anywhere, and I've searched the house hundreds um, of you'll, times. You'll see it's all right when the chips are down, won't you, with your connections? Yeah, you'll, I wish I had connections. <laughs> my hope is that cryptocurrency goes to the moon and I can get out <clears> of the matrix. So, um, oh, back to the trilateral organization is the Council on Formulations, which was an offshoot. And this is where I'm, I have an issue with you, Terrence. Okay. So, the Council on Formulations is an offshoot or a sister organization to the British Royal Institute of International Affairs. How dare you? <laughs> Chatham House. That's, that's what that is. That's Chatham House. Yeah. And a lot of people say it yeah. all comes from there originally. Yeah, their goal is a new world. It's like I thought we broke free of the Brits, but apparently not. They 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 worm themselves way back in. Their goal is a new world order. Although it existed as a dinner club in New York, it did not take on its present power until 1921 when it merged with the Royal Institute of International Affairs and received its financial base from JP Morgan, the Rockefellers. The Carnegie Endowment, Carnegie, um, the Rockefeller family, and the Wall Street banking entrance. And the Council on Foreign Relations controls our government. Through the years, it members, its members have infiltrated the entire executive branch, State Department, Justice Department, CIA, and the top ranks of the military. Every director of the Central Intelligence Agency has been a member of the CFR, like the Bushes. Most presidents since Roosevelt have been members. Members of the CFR dominate ownership of the press and most, <clears throat> if not all, of top um, America's top journalists are members. The CFR does not conform to government policy. The government conforms to CFR. So when they're like, oh, 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 we are for the people. No, MFR. You're for the CFR and you don't care about the people and you're just trying to get us suckers to vote you into office. Uh, the, um, the government conforms to what the appendix contains the most current list of the CFRs and that he was able to locate, which I, um, uh, which is in the back of the uh, William A. Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse. So you can look that up yourself. Um, I've, got, I've got something to tell you about um, the British-American connection, but I'm not sure if Stella still wants to say something. She had a hand up earlier on. Uh, that's okay, Terry. Go for it. Well, uh, there's you. a story that Cecil Rhodes, the great, um, he was a sort of British uh, imperialist, I think you'd call him, because he was mm -hmm. responsible for conquering a lot of Africa in the name of Britain. But he, one of his plans was he wanted to bring America back into the British sphere of influence. And there's a story that, that basically his idea was behind the whole Chatham House thing and that, you know, the, the links between the Anglo-American alliance and that he, he wanted to sort of have the, the Americans and the British come together and conquer the world and with a new world order. So a lot of people say it all goes back to him. You know, and he, he started the, the Rhodes Scholarship things, which, you know, is responsible for 
I'm afraid for people like Bill Clinton. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> he stole from Social Security to be able to make our economy look balanced. <laughs> so um, whatever. I was just I was doing a little bit. You know, I was trying to go back as far as I sort of could, um, and just started to look into uh, Prince Bernhard, who apparently is the oh, founder yeah. of the Bilderberg Group, um, and he claims to be a descendant of David, which is basically relates him back to Jesus. That's wow. his claim. Um, so he's sort of yeah, he's a black family. So if you want to define who they are, like everyone that says, who are they? I think probably this is probably the definition of they. Um, the Illuminati are basically made up of Freemasons, the Vatican, and the Black nobility. Illuminati. That's they. And all these, all these groups all stem from the Illuminati, which is not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, can, uh, we, can we clearly define what the Illuminati is? Or is it just an idea? All these no, were, I wouldn't say it's an idea. Society. It's just they the were people... a real secret society originally. Sure, but I think calling it secret societies or giving it names like that is what makes it sound like a conspiracy theory. And in all reality, it's rich elite people that come from long bloodlines that have always had lots of money and lots of power and they keep in touch and they control things. It's not some crazy conspiracy thing. They're not magical or anything. It's just rich elite people that use their power. Yeah, but is it is that is that just their their assumed, you know, relationships with each other and you know what we expect them to do, or is do they actually have a, a an official core group of members that call themselves the Illuminati, or maybe something else? But it's what we think of as the Illuminati. But uh, there's like an actual group that has has some kind of there's a reference to it somewhere in some documentation that's legitimate, or or is it just our perception of? I mean, it's 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 a. I'm not saying it's not doesn't exist or anything. I'm just saying just what we theorize as is the controlling group controlling force in the world well if you're talking about the illuminati as such they they were a secret society or, or you know group that started in bavaria and i can't remember well, in way that's back the when. adam weishaupt thing yeah and you know the uh, conventional historians will say well they don't exist anymore but you know we don't really know maybe they do still exist and maybe you know there are people that belong to them but, well, you know, the, it, the whole idea of secret society is that they're not going to tell you if they're a member of, of yeah. them or not. <laughs> you can trace yeah, them that, right back. The whole I mean, point it goes right back to the Knights of Malta and all that stuff. I mean, it's always it's always wrapped up with um, royalty Ooh, and nobility. We got it? some good information on the Knights of Malta, Stella. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying it always just goes back to to like historical, way way back to the rooted. <clears throat> The Knights of Malta, the Knights of, you know, there's all sorts of knights. I'm going to list somewhere. <laughs> the everywhere. Templars, maybe. Yeah. Uh, here we are. I mean, the Templars. Yeah. Knights of, the yeah, Templars knights Templar, the, the Knights of Malta, Knights of Columbus, the Jesuits, the Masons, the Kabbalah. Um, there's, there's actually three 
three base cults. Oh, I'm write that. Three base cults of Russiana. Oh, I can't find it at the moment. Too many notes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Order of the Quest, the Jason Society, the Russiania, um, Illuminati, Nazi Party, Communist Party, CFR, the group, just called the group, um, Brotherhood of the Dragon, Rosicrucians, Royal Institute of International Affairs, Trilateral Commission, Ancient Mystical Order of Rosie Cruci, Bilderbergs, now, given trust, skull and bones, given Vatican, what we know key, the order. about yeah, about human nature, <laughs> aren't the aren't all of these secret societies in competition with one another, vying for power for hegemony? I think That's they're, why they're all, all the trying same to come people. together now. They're all the same people. Yeah. But I mean that's my thoughts on it. And it's not just, you know, twentieth and twenty first century things like it, these people think hundreds of years ahead. Adam Weishaupt was alive seventeen forty eight to eighteen thirty. And he's credited as being the founder of the Illuminati. But yeah. I mean, this is as old as history. Like Stella said, the one dude or the one group was supposedly descendants of David, and that's David from the Bible that like slayed Goliath, King David. Yep, his bloodline is basically Jesus' bloodline. Yep. Is is that the same David? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Apparently. And the Illuminati so, founded in 1776, which is an interesting date, isn't it? Which that's makes debatable. sense. Yeah. <laughs> the date that we allegedly broke free from Britain. How dare you? Okay. okay. So they say <laughs> the real power are men who are always recruited without. This is from Stelt, the Behold of Hours. The real power are men who are always recruited without exception from the secret societies of Harvard and Yale, known as the Skull and Bones and the Scroll and Key. Both societies are secret branches, also called the Brotherhood of Death, which I'm like, okay, why would I want to be, let me give you, let me be part of the Brotherhood of Life, but that's <laughs> God, that's not Satan. But anyways, okay. Of what is otherwise historically known as the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. They're connected um, organizations that's the whole point. in England. Go figure. Yeah, go ahead, Stella. Sorry, man. Um, that's the whole point of the Trilateral Commission, really, is because everything was kind of broken up. Um, they, you know, they wanted full control. So obviously they're not going to have it if there's all separate nations. So that's that was sort of the, the point of the Trilateral Commission was to bring together, you know, the three, the big industries, you know, into kind of one umbrella. And then, of course, all the other things have sort of stemmed off from that because they have to break it down, down and down. So you've got like a you know, group of this and group of that, and then you go down a group of science, group of nuclear stuff, group of military, yeah. whatever. So that's how they do it. But really it's all coming together of one accord um, with them at the top. Yeah, by definition, they're a globalist organization, aren't they? Because they're trying to bring together Asia and Europe and America. Is that, and is that... it was, you know, David Rockefeller was a self-proclaimed internationalist which is another isn't that, name for globalists, what, you could say. Yeah, isn't that what the, the CFR does? Is, isn't that their yeah. goal too, basically? Like they burst the a lot of these. Yeah. So how They're do like we know the that the trilateral... The trilet 
What's that, Stella? I'm sorry. The Trilateral Commission was burst by the Council of Foreign Relations, as I was saying earlier, just as to be a more front. Okay. It's like a front, a more transparent front where they could sort of say, oh, this is what we're doing. But what they're really doing or the larger picture is still kept secret in the CFR. Okay. Yeah, I think Stella's right. It was a spin-off of the CFR because the CFR was getting a bit of heat. You know, yeah, exactly. It's getting some bad exactly. publicity. So then yep. they, they... People were starting to ask they, questions. Yeah. It's kind of like how after Bill Gates got food or whatever it was thrown in his face, then he all of a sudden he became this humanitarian. Exactly, yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. <laughs> love that footage. I could watch that on loop all day. Was that the... Yeah, exactly. Uh... That if was you're feeling pie, sad, right? just put that on. Yeah. Is it was what? Would you say, Kiel? I said that was the pie in the face, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Walking yeah. through the crowd and the guy smacks him. Oh, <laughs> man. I would just, I want to give that guy a hug. <laughs> pie, man. <laughs> um, okay. So I think uh, we are going to uh, check out here in a few minutes. Um, Stella had, which I think we'll go into more into this. Again, it's like all these organizations organization so hard because like once I was doing this research on the trilateral it's like I started getting into like all this other stuff and I'm doing all this research I'm like oh my gosh yeah. so uh the Knights of Malta which I just learned about I'm like I don't know how long you've known about them still probably forever but I just learned about them yesterday and the Knights of Malta is a world organization and they have a website as well which people can look up as a world organization with its threads weaving through business because Kiel earlier was asking about how this affects and if there's been any, um, I mean, 9-11, Kiel, which you and Terrence at some point will have a discussion about this. And so maybe Terrence can come with some of these facts about how, um, you know, he, he may allegedly know, and this will all be alleged because we don't need any, uh, we already know that Terrence doesn't know the Clinton. So here we go. <laughs> you know I mean? Anyways, all right, let me go back. Let me <laughs> stop digressing. Okay. The Knights of Malta is a world organization with its threats weaving through business, banking, politics, the CIA, other, and P for Paul II, I don't know what that is, religion, education, law, military, think tanks, which Stella talked about, foundations, the United States Information Agency, which I don't know how that's different than the CIA, the United Nations, and numerous other organizations. They are not the oldest, but are one of the oldest branches of the Order of Quest in existence. And the world head of the Knights of Malta is elected for a life term with approval of the Pope. The Knights of Malta have their own constitution and are sworn to work. So they don't give a shit about our rights, right? Or Europe's rights or Spain's rights or anyone's rights. They only care about theirs. Are sworn to work towards the establishment of a new world order with the Pope as its head. Knights of Malta members are also powerful members of the CFR and the Trilateral Commission. Which, well, uh, yeah, the Knights of Malta used to be the Knights Hospitallers in the time of the Crusades, and they were founded shortly after the Knights Templar. And the Knights Templar, of course, supposedly became the Freemasons. So mm -hmm. that's the other big secret society we've got to watch out for. So the Templars yeah, the were infiltrated. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say the Freemasons are the, another group that seems to run everything. Oh, yeah, mm. absolutely, 
Um, I just found those three base cults too that Bill Cooper mentioned, um, which is sort of the spurring or the spawning, I suppose. Um, it's Rashiania, Mithros, and the Builders. So there's three things of interest if our listeners are interested in uh, looking some of that stuff up. I certainly haven't gone into it at all at this point. Uh, I've also got a list of 10. So before we close out, Perm, is there any last here. thing you'd like to share at all? I don't think so. I think okay. we covered about everything. Did you ask right. your relatives about the secret societies? You know, I wish I could. I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. You have should to go do like the twenty-three and Me and find your lost relatives. Yeah, let me DNA. give my DNA. Pay to get, to... Yeah, pay to give your DNA. No thanks. You might be a Rockefeller, really. Who knows? I just reckon he's a rockin' fella. <laughs> he is definitely a rockin' fella. I try. But you could try to tap into the wealth, but, you know, you're not, uh, you don't do any incest, so they wouldn't. I just want to get my kids into a Waldorf school. That'd be cool. What's the Waldorf school again? Is that, like, part of the... I think they invented the Waldorf salad there. It's a Rudolf Steiner thing but about, like anthroposophy but it's like they play with you know wooden toys and and they kind of like living on a farm how you would raise your kids type of thing more basic and they sound like white supremacists though yeah probably <laughs> right <laughs> no drag As... queen story hours no <laughs> hell no uh, and no stripper story hour either. So <laughs> does anybody else have anything else they'd like to add before we get ready to close out at all? No. Uh, there's always millions of, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> go on for bloody hours about this. There's so much in it and there's so many people involved. And I just I want to leave, like, I don't want to leave us on a black pill, but I just think people really need to get a bit real and understand these people in positions of power probably 99.9% of them, they don't care about you, okay? They don't. They're not there because they care. They're there for a reason, and there's one reason, and that is world domination, basically. that We're at the pointy end now of centuries of planning. So that's my two cents. Bless you all. Yeah. Let's stop listening to these people. You know, they don't know, they don't know anything more than we do, and they, you know, they've got nefarious plans for us all, so let's just ignore them. Yeah, listen to yourself and your your own gut, you know, because that's probably right a lot more often than any politician could possibly be. Yeah. yeah. Who's just trying to buy for your votes and then not do anything. And right, left, whatever, it doesn't matter. Middle of the road, it doesn't matter, right? That so, actually is one thing that I wanted to say to close out was that we haven't mentioned political parties one time tonight. This isn't a partisan thing. These people are right, left, center, whatever. They're just elites. They don't care about Republicans and Democrats. No, because members of both parties, both in the UK and the US and probably everywhere else, are all members of these secrets, you know, these societies like the Trilateral Commission, the CFR. Doesn't matter what side of the political divide you from, they'll they'll have you in their society and that's the way they control everything really. Doesn't matter who yep. you vote for. Hundred percent. 
Yep. And so, Keel, anything? Nope. I'm uh, I'm good, but a great conversation. And uh, we'll have to have another episode, you know, expand upon what we've talked about already. Yeah, and some of the additional organizations. It just seems to, like, just keep intertwining. But hopefully what everybody what people get out of this um, really conversation is just do your own research, look at stuff, but also just don't take everything at such face value and understand, look, okay, yeah, we may be conspiracy theorists, allegedly, but I feel like we're truth tellers and we're doing our own research and looking at different stuff and then we're just having discussions on it. So why don't you just look up your own information? We'll share the links. Uh, in the show notes, and then just do your own research um, and just take a look at for yourself and just question stuff. I mean, like, why were they charging or like paying people money to get something when, you know, to get the um, the flab jab and, uh, you know, the opioid, well, sure. yeah, yeah, you know, and, uh, and it's like th- that itself should be like, Okay, that's just weird. I don't understand that question, but we should just, you know, whatever. But anyways, all right, listen. If you enjoyed our conversation this evening, please follow us at unionoftheunknowns.com. There you'll be able to get our phone, our email, our Twitter, and all of where we you can follow us on the podcast. And we should be on any podcasting platform. Podcatchers. And also we're on Audible and Spotify as well as podcasts, something or whatever that everyone else loves. I don't know. I use Apple. (laughs) So anyway, thank you guys so much. And uh, everyone have a fantastic evening. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.